Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximize your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing really well. I'm very curious. <gasps> I was going to say, I am as well. <laughs> Three so minds think alike, right? <laughs> that's it. Fools never differ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about diversity of thinking. That's right. Oh, yeah. Good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'll stick with you. You think the same as me. Brilliant. <laughs> is that being curious though, Law? Ooh, well, Ooh. <laughs> this is what the dictionary defines as being curious. Go on. So you decide whether uh, this, uh, this episode is all about the first or the second. So what is the definition of being curious? Number one, um, an active desire to learn or to know or uh, strange and unusual. <laughs> Maybe that's us. We're just strange and unusual. There we go. <laughs> um, now, why curiosity? Okay, yeah, why? So this, this is our focus this month on the uh, what we're seeing as four future-proofing skills that if you are going to bet your money on the robot roulette table, what are the skills that are going to be useful, not only now, but for the future, then uh, what might they be? And uh, our thinking is it's the unpatternable. It's the unscriptable moments. It's the moments where we demonstrate genuine care, where we collaborate, where we're creative, or the focus we'll have on this episode is about when we're curious. It's really tricky for a piece of artificial intelligence to be curious. For example, Debs, back in, I think it was February 2015, that is, yeah, that is where the world started to get a little bit, ooh, about the world of artificial intelligence, AI, because you had Lee Sedong, who was beaten by the AlphaGo artificial intelligence software at the game Go, which is highly complicated. It's said to be 200 times more complicated than chess. And it was seen as sort of the holy grail. If a machine can beat a human in something as complicated as Go, then um, a game as Go, then um, what might that mean then in terms of heralding a new chapter in the world of technology, etc.? However, Although it was pretty monumental, and in fact, that's what got um, DeepMind bought up by um, Google and, uh, you know, it's then gone on and on to get involved in all sorts of stuff, including healthcare and all, all of these different things that it's now been applied to. But that piece of AI could not pick up that knowledge, point it towards another game like chess and be able to smash that game because that ability to take one bit of knowledge and transfer it to another, it's very tricky to do that in a silicon environment. But in our wonderful human carbon brains, which is constantly growing or decaying, depending on yeah. how good you are at <laughs> what remembering you're doing stuff, with it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is uh, that's that's where that that sort of sweet spot is. So having that curiosity to be able to think, well, I wonder what's going on over there. Um, even if you are very busy at the moment and hemmed in by a big kind of workload, which you know a lot of people are experiencing at the moment, having some of that brain space just to think, what if could um, create a whole new um, pathway of opportunity or of time saving and a machine would not be able to point and look at a problem and just consider something just from a what if 
perspective. So just as a bit of a roundup, that curiosity bit, if you can worry about something that hasn't happened yet, then you've got the ability to consider something that hasn't happened yet, to be curious about what we can then do. Oh, that's fascinating, isn't it, Law? And I suppose, I know we've been doing the, you know, us against a machine, really, when you've been putting it into chat GPT. So what did they come up with just out of curiosity, Law? Ooh, well, I'll tell you what it came up with. So um, it came up with a pretty good description. Did it? Go on. Um, in about 0.6 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Which, Debs, I know you and I like to sort of bang out content, you know, when, uh, yes. you know, the amount of sort of stuff that we kind of do. And I tell you, this is so speedy in terms of how quickly. So I asked ChatGPT, um, list three top tips for being curious in a conversation. And this is what the machine came back within a blink of an eye. Number one, ask open-ended questions, blah, 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 blah. Number two, listen actively, blah, 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 blah. And number three, be open-minded, avoid making assumptions. So pretty good stuff that came out. But it's all very well reading that on a screen. Yep. But what does it mean, right? What does it mean in practice? So let's explore. All right, Deb. So first port of call, although in a kind of a bigger picture perspective, curiosity is quite good for us humans because it, it gives us our human edge. It's also really good for our brain health in later life. So the more curiosity I've kind of put around my brain, the the uh, the, the cells that fire together, wire together, all of those neural pathways, every time we have to think a bit different or consider something from a different perspective, from a brain health point of view, it's, uh, it's, it's a good thing for us. There's not a single piece of research that doesn't suggest the more variety and thinking you can do in the major bulk of your life. And for many of us, that's work as the main you know, um, thing that we do during the, a lot of our days, then uh, it's good for later life as well. But Debs, what are you seeing in terms of the career benefits right here, right now, from those people that are able to bring a curiosity-based mindset to the ways in which they work and interact? Yeah, you are seeing a benefit and it sort of starts to... Um people stand out I think because if they come with that curious mindset and they want to know more and they want to understand people and they want to be able to get the best out of people that they're working with to be able to explore options to be able to challenge any assumptions that people might have to be able to be curious about what made somebody say that or what made somebody do that means they have a better understanding of the people around them um so rather than just stay quite fixed in the way that you're asking the same question over and over again. It's actually having the ability to, I suppose, linking back to what we were talking about before, being creative, but also being curious enough to be able to ask the questions that enable you to understand people better, understand what the motive was, understand maybe what why somebody behaved in the way that they did. And the more knowledge that we have around that, the more we can then adapt and adjust our style to get the best out of that person rather than just heading down the route of this is the only way I know how to do it and I'm going to stick to my guns on that. Um, The ability to step up and out, as I always call it, and look around you because there's always a different perspective, right? So it's almost the curiosity mindset and the skills to demonstrate positive curiosity in that moment enables you then to be creative. Yeah. So it's and it also, the- I think also, I think you're right, Lord, but it also empowers other people because you've given them time with you to find out what what's going on in their mind. 
So, well, what can you do about that? So all of those things, as it said, you know, to ask questions, listen, challenge assumptions, all of that stuff. Absolutely. And if you do that really, really well, you give people empowerment to make their own choices, have freedom to act in the right way, um, to be able to do the things they need to do because you've given the space to explore through curious questions. Oh, I love it. I know we're going to share um, a, a little bit later on about some examples of some curious questions. So um, we're, we're, we're really hot on this being um, some practical takeaways, you know, rather than a chat GPT that gives you some great but generic advice. This is right. You're sitting there, you're having a conversation. What can you bring out right in that moment that just helps you to be curious and empower others? As you said, the 10 word exercise still to love this day. It just is one of my favourite ways yeah. to... And we used it yesterday, didn't we, Laura? <clears throat> we did. <laughs> we did. And it just creates an immediate, oh my goodness, a curiosity mindset because it just reminds you right there and then in that moment how we all see things a little bit differently. So let's say that you've got a team meeting coming up and you don't have to be the lead of that team meeting typically. In fact, remember, the other definition of curious is strange or unusual. <laughs> Yeah. So actually, um, <laughs> hey, that uh, would be different, wouldn't it? If you felt, I don't need to take the lead in everything. Mm, yeah, no. <laughs> absolutely. And likewise, you might think, well, it's not usual for members of the team to start a meeting, but um, great. In the spirit of curiosity, could you tap someone up who normally leads that meeting and say, I think it'd be useful to tap into a curiosity as a team because there's so many ideas that are out there. We want to empower people to speak up. Can I start with a little bit of a session starter? And the 10 word exercise takes about five minutes, but it will elect electrify what could be a stale meeting from that point on. It's just a really nice way to start. 10 word exercise. So you ask everyone individually. So this works well on a virtual call. It doesn't have to be physically in the room as well. You ask everyone to individually write down 10 words they associate with, for example, success or performance or teamwork, whatever the hot or word curiosity. is. Or curiosity. Whatever the hot word then is. Um, and then what then happens is you just give everyone about a minute to write down the 10 words that they associate it with. And then you enter into step two, which is how many shared universal bingo words are there on all of our lists? So if there's five people around the meeting, all five need to have that same word. If there's six uh, and so on and so on. When you do it with big groups, this might be you split people by tables. And what you're looking to uncover is how many shared words are there where all of us use that same word to describe what, what what we feel is meant by that. Um, there's never a shared word. As soon as you've got more than three or four people, there's always variety. And it just sparks an inbuilt, immediate curiosity of, oh my God, I thought everyone knew what success meant here. And then by knowing that I see it slightly different from others, it creates an inbuilt curiosity to go, oh, what's on your list then? And you just see the conversation ramp up. And then that just gives a really nice way to empower everyone too. We all think a bit differently. Um, uh, the, the people who normally might just take a back seat on this really want to hear your ideas. And we're curious because now we've seen we view things slightly differently. So that 10 word exercise, the amount of people that have said, can you send me the trainer notes on that? Because it just sparks that oh my goodness, I thought everyone thought the same as me. I'm now curious to find out what's going on. And that curiosity enables us then to step in and to have some conversations that could just spark a new or a better or an innovative way of working. 
It does work. And yesterday, I know it really um, started the conversations going, didn't it, Laura, around that one. And I think it also works when we're in one-to-one coaching as well. And sometimes people will say, I want to be successful or, um, you know, they come up with a, an active word and you always say, so what does that mean? So what does that mean to you? So as the coach, you're sort of enabling them to explore the word they've come up with, um, you know, and they can, um, and we would question, challenge their assumptions around it, maybe ask them some further questions around that. So they can create some clarity around what does that mean for them? It's great to say it like chat GPT did, but you've got to go under the surface of it, right? You've got to really understand what does that look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? Where does it sit in your body? All of the things that enable you to make be clear on, actually, that's what it means to me. And they might come up with other words because of that. Oh, Debs, I'm curious. Take us through some of the questions that you found over the years have really helped from a curiosity perspective, open up conversations. Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. So first of all, we have the lovely question triangle, which I know we've shared before, but it's worth probably sharing that now, isn't it? Around just to get you thinking about where is the best place to work in order to be curious about what's going on for you, what's going on for other people. Oh, and my cat's come up to you. See, curiosity killed the cat, right? (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to know more? Okay, Barney. (laughs) So when we think of the question triangle, so if you think of a triangle, obviously, um, and then you've got on the bottom, you've got the, what we call the facts and data questions, which are low intensity questions, really, which is the, you know, when, the where and the who. We can answer them. Where we want to be working if we're in that curious mindset and want to explore more, we're working in the middle section, which is the what and the how. So what does that mean to you? How might you approach that? What's gone well for you in the past? What difference will it make to you if? What does that look like? How can you support yourselves? All of those lovely questions work within the um, the what and the how space around it. And then the final question is around the why, you know, which is quite a a very intense question. And when we ask why, we are challenging somebody's values and beliefs and identity as a human. But where we want to work is within the what and the how, because that's where the curiosity, you can take it wherever you want and you can spin off with different questions around that. What does that mean for you? How will you feel once you've defined it? What difference will it make to you if you've understood what curiosity means to you? Or what does freedom mean to you? Or what does that mean when you're describing it? Paint me the picture of it. Tell me more about that. Um, Help me understand where that thoughts come from. All of these things start with the what and the how. So if you're not used to asking exploratory questions or curious questions, as I like to call them, start dropping a what in front of your normal closed off question rather than a yes and a no response. Actually put in, you know, what does that mean for you? Because once the more you understand and they can go, oh, that was it means to me. Okay. It's not about you taking on what they're doing. It's just enabling that person to have the space to think and be curious about what does that really mean? And then that taps into their values, their purpose. It taps into their being. It taps into whether they feel they are of high value. They've got lots to offer. It's just, as you can tell, I just love what and how questions. And the more you can bring that into your everyday language to explore it, even for yourself, asking yourself some of those questions. What does that mean for me? What have I achieved today? What, how does that make me feel? What, what, how can I bring some of that forward into the next day? What would I stop doing? What will I start doing? Oh, it just, boom, 
the, it just explodes, literally. <laughs> and for anyone that's been raised in a sales background, this will be familiar territory because as a salesperson, both of us originated as sales trainers, didn't we? You Somewhere, are just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You are just trained to yeah. convert closed questions to open-ended questions mm. because you get more sales in. <laughs> yes, so if basically. you're not a salesperson and you haven't come from that kind of background, the reason why it works is the biggest gift you can give to any other human is to give them attention and to listen. So it's also a very quick way, not only to have curiosity, to to achieve what you want in that moment as well. But if you can see that there's a morale and motivation issue in the way where you're working, feeling like you are being listened to and what you say counts um, also can make a real impact on the on the you know engagement surveys as well. So am I being listened to? So that curiosity just also is great teamship as well. Not not just in a meeting. It's just those everyday curiosity conversations. Yeah. And I think that links back into what you were saying about the more um the more we can interact like with our brain, the more we can take on, the more we can be curious about the different things we maybe read or hear or listen to, that type. So we're expanding our, I suppose, our vocabulary or whatever that other word is where we're looking at what else is out there in the world. It just makes a huge difference because if we're not used to being asked, what does that mean for you? We can get lazy. And therefore, when somebody, you know, I could be in a team session and I might somebody might say something and they go, oh, I don't know. And I always say, well, what if you did know? And they tell me. So they do know. It's just, you know, they have they, they go to answer it. Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Not uh, Well, what if you did know? What if you were sure? What would that look like? And you see them pondering it and go, oh, well, it'd probably look like this. And you go, okay, what do you want to do with that? So you can move straight through with that because you got them to be curious in the first place. Oh, I love it, Debs. And uh, just putting it out there, listeners, the amount of people that you then think, oh, I can't get away with just saying I don't know. We were on some leadership workshop together and then you see everyone else going, all right, okay. And you just feel the alertness in the the room as well because we all secretly know, as you said, that empowerment bit. What if you did know? I love that. So like our call to action was on our focus on collaboration last week, just even bringing that C word in, let's be curious here what are some other ways that we could look at this or I'm curious help me to understand one of the other popular takeaways that we're seeing people um, enjoy at the moment and this comes from your coaching world so nip in Debs if I'm not doing it um, if I'm doing a bit of a disservice but the O tool so this is just a little model to have at the back of your head um, observe wait and engage so let's say someone throws you a bit of a curveball and you're thinking, I wasn't expecting that. Sometimes there's this inbuilt um, re- feeling that we've got to react immediately. And actually, to ask for a little bit of thinking time, the spirit of curiosity also adds a bit of value to that conversation. So to use phrases like you've said already, I'm curious, help me to understand, or I wasn't expecting that. Um, in the spirit of curiosity, take me through your thinking with that. And just even getting that C word out there, curiosity shows this isn't nitpicking. I'm not looking to catch you out. This is a learning opportunity. And just linking to what you were saying about learning. If I never learn or look at new ways of doing things, I'm going to find change very stressful because probably one thing we do know is that the universe, we we ain't seen nothing yet. We're only a couple of years into this decade. And for those of us that are imagining to still be needing to work or wanting to work in the next 10, 20, for some of us, we might be working with colleagues who are still going to be here in 2050, 2070, (laughs) still looking to work. That's true though. That is true. (laughs) And so if I'm not practicing it now, (laughs) 
new ways of looking at things, helping people, you know, understand where people are coming from, then it's going to be very stressful, that decade of change and transformation ahead, because it's going to require us to learn. Just even the technologies we can access in our phones, we're already having to learn new ways of doing it. So from a mental health point of view, bringing that curiosity mindset removes the need for perfection because we're all in learning mode. And from a teamship point of view, it just reminds that we're all on the same side. There's no enemy here. We're all trying to work out new ways of doing stuff. So my sort of key takeaway around that would be bring that C word out, (laughs) using the word curiosity. Let's be curious here as a team or I'm curious, help me to understand. And you just feel the conflict uh, reduce as well because you can see you can see that people are coming from, you know, it's from a positive place. Oh, my God, I think you're so right, Law. And then I think also adding to that, as I think you've also said this in the past, actually, where it brings some fresh air to your thinking, because if we're always, you know, like trotting out the same statement or you've been programmed to say the same thing because that's learnt behaviour, right? And if, if there's nobody there that can catch it and just say, well, what does that really mean? It Because sometimes we just trot out stuff, oh, that's probably what they want to hear. Well, it's actually, that's the bit we go, no, that's not going to empower that person. You know, if I'm listening, really listening to understand, so from an empathic point of view, then I'm going to ask you some more questions. I'm going to explore it with you because I'm curious to know where that thought came from and also what's stopping you from maybe thinking differently because we can. And the more we can be creative in our thinking, because we're all super at being creative. If you just take ourselves back to childhood, you know, how many times do you maybe observe in the right way, you know, a child playing, for instance, the stories they come up with and you go, wow, their minds are just mind blowing, literally. And you go, we sometimes can lose that as we get older and because of a number of one things. But if we can tap back into that curiosity as if we were a child learning and playing, that's where the magic happens. And that's part of our our role as coaches, as leaders, as managers to, to bother enough to ask those questions so you can bring that fresh air to the thinking. Oh, I love it, Debs. And you don't have to be a formal manager or leader to to lead in that moment a curiosity-based um, conversation. And uh, the benefits of it as well is that you're, you're, it feels... It feels very empowering when someone has been curious to understand where your thinking is. And I can absolutely see, of course, a massive barrier to that. I experience this every day as well. If there's too much work to do, you're, you're, you're less attracted to being curious and asking open-ended questions in, in, that, in that meeting. But I guess the consequences is, is if we never find out what's going on, then potentially we're just going to end up with more work. Could, could a five minutes just to find out a bit more information, could that save five months? of a project delay a couple of years down the line because we found out the information, you know, as open-mindedly as we can. So, Debs, what would be your number one call to action? So this is the final in our four-part focus on future-proofing, all in the pursuit of not only these things may be useful for us in these couple of months and years that we're looking at right now, but also for the longer term, these might be quite good evergreen skills to focus on. Who knows if we'll still need to type in eight years' time. True. (laughs) But we probably will still need to have curiosity in our workplaces, particularly as we're uh, evolving so quickly now. So what would your call to action be, Debs? I think my call to action would be if you come across something or you hear something or you're with somebody and you're not sure, find out. 
I think that's, you know, ask. You know, if you, the minute we go, I think that's what they mean. It means you don't know for sure. Or you might be going, oh, I wonder what that means when you might have heard something on the radio, on the news and read something. And you go, I wonder what that really means. And you just move on from it by just taking that extra moment and pause and going, actually, I'm going to find out. That's the bit for me. If you're not sure, find out, ask, explore it, navigate your way through it, because then you're going to increase your knowledge. Um, the curiosity was there because you bothered to find out. And yeah, I just think it's that that would be my call to action. If you're not sure or you hear yourself, go, I think that's what they mean. I think that's what that means. It means you don't know for sure. So go and find out. Love it. And my share the secret would be the number one response we're having on any of the sessions we're running at the moment, whether it's face to face or virtual is it's not just me. It's great to hear that others are feeling the same. So particularly if you're doing a lot of solo working at the moment, whether that's traveling or working from home, get someone in your either in your organization or in your friendship network, get them to listen to this. And then in the spirit of curiosity, put in just half an hour after what's going on for you. What's going on for me? What can we learn from each other? And uh, it's not only um, can be quite a relief in that moment to know it's not the only one, I'm not the only one that might be feeling this. But from a long-term perspective, you might pick up a little nugget of an idea that just really then kind of helps. So grab a friend, get them to listen to this, <laughs> have, have half an hour after over a cup of tea, just to be curious what's going on for you, what's going on for me. Yeah, I love that. Definitely. We, we do that all the time. So we can continue to do that because we're always going, what do you mean by that? Yeah, you know, we're not afraid to ask that question. <laughs> No, because it's it's otherwise you just make assumptions and then yeah. you just don't know and it creates a load of internal thinking yeah. that can just and loads get in of noise that gets in the way. Yeah, yeah, we don't need noise. We have enough of that, so don't add to it. Just be <laughs> free to ask. Yeah, absolutely. So very excited, Debs, for the next focus we have on our mini series and a, a, just an attempt to sort of put things together. So we've got a nice bit of a storyline, and I can't wait for this one because we've getting some right colourful stories that are coming around the wonders and the wickedness that tea can happen with teams. So we're going to be looking at how do we maximise teamship? What does it mean in today's hybrid matrix workplace? So um, we'll be looking at uh, various things around creating great teams and great team culture. Can't wait for that. Well, have a wonderful week. And, you too, um, lovely. I'll see you on the other side. See you on the other side. Love you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're a Spotify listener, give us a rating as it makes it easier for us to share the secret with others.